Welcome to Peaceful Power Conversations. Peaceful Power Project is a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health and well-being. I am so excited to have Ryan Watkin on the podcast today. Um, Ryan, we've been in and out of contact over the years. I even have seen I must have signed up for a newsletter or just updates about like your offerings and what you do for many years because I was looking up our most recent interaction. I'm like, oh, I've <laughs> we've we've been we've been at this for a while. I think even into the like teens, like the 20 teens. <laughs> yep, back so, in the day. <laughs> I'm really excited, number one, to meet you today to have this conversation. I did a bit of, um, I don't like using the word like binge listening, but I did consume um, a a good bit of your podcast over this past preparation of having this conversation today. And oh my goodness, I feel like you took the words (laughs) out of my brain and um, just put them in such a like so beautiful. So definitely, um, definitely visit (laughs) Ryan's podcast. So good. Um, I am going to read the bio. So the official bio to introduce Ryan to any of, uh, the listeners who do not, do not know her. Um, and I would like you, Ryan, to listen to the words you chose (laughs) to, um, to speak to who you are and what you do, you know, we're given these like, here's 20 sentences and how do you choose to kind of put, put you out there? So here's the, here's the bio. Um, Ryan Watkin is host of Raising Wild Hearts podcast, a longtime educator and homeschooling mom of three. She believes we can change the world by starting at home in our own minds and hearts and that self-discovery should start as early as possible. Love it. Are you still homeschooling? Yes. Okay. I thought I like saw or heard something in the podcast here that maybe you like went back and forth, but you're still homeschooling? We're homeschooling this year. And yes, we have gone back and forth. I am a person who is non-committal. I switched midwives four times with my first daughter. Like I'm like, if it's not working, like let's jump ship. So we've gone back and forth. Actually, I never thought I'd be a homeschooler. 2020 came around and I was like, well, this is happening, I guess. Like, okay, God, okay, universe, I guess I'm doing this. So I was never intending on being a homeschooler, but as life would have it, here I am. Um, how is it hearing um, kind of your your mission and the titles that you connected with when creating your bio? How did it feel listening to it? Yeah. You know, I have tears in my eyes. I I do because it, (laughs) like I said that it resonates with me so deeply. And it's interesting because over the years I've honed in more and more and more. It's so funny that you mentioned, like we've been in contact for a long time. I was like, you know, launching a business in 2019 and like focused on being a coach and all these different things. I had a college consulting company when my first daughter was born and all of those things. I just like, I'm having epiphany moment. I don't know if it's like eclipse season or just what's going on in the world. Like I, I, 
I've done a lot of personal work lately, but it's just, I'm honing in more on my craft. I'm honing in on more why I'm meant to be here. So when I hear you say change the world by starting at home, truth, like I just hear truth. So it feels really good. Awesome. I love that. I love that so much. And I could see it too. So um, many listeners are listening to the podcast, but also I've started to, I don't, I don't know if I asked your permission yet, um, if I could also post it on YouTube and use totally. the video. So that's great. Yeah. So, but it is, it's really impactful because I could see and feel you receiving uh, your words as well. Um, so that was part of learning more about your homeschool journey. I, I only have two daughters, but um we homeschooled until I, I would say like first and third grade respectively for the girls last year they finished. So, and we were like opposite. We um, intended to be homeschool families forever. So when COVID came around, I'm like, we've or like that time came around. I'm like, we got this down. <laughs> and then my work life, um, what do you call it? Like slice of the pie changed. And my work, so um, it just, it evolved into what it is and, and it could in three years be something different. It could in six months be something different. So I love that. Did you use the word non-committal? Yeah. I (laughs) like, and I always think of my husband when I say non-committal, because we've been married for 10 years. So I'm committal, but I, I think I have this, um, this if it's not working, like I'm not afraid to walk away and, and find something better. And it's good and bad, you know, right. It's, there's nothing perfect. There's no perfect community. There's no perfect school. There's no perfect co-op. There's no perfect midwife, you know? So, but I, if I have an inkling of this doesn't feel right, I'm like, I'm out. So I, it non-committal, I guess, in a nutshell. I love that intuition. Like, you saying like, I just trust my intuition and can navigate from that heart space of being intuitive um, and really dropped in, but also it's life, right? Trying to, I'm just, I'm sticking with a word like commitment. I think you're very committed to your the intention, um, which is ever growing and evolving, right? It's like organic, like an organism. So we, I'll hop on whatever word you choose because I'm definitely in that that same vibration. When you say that it begins in the home, um, what could you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah. So I remember feeling as a kid too small to make a difference. And I don't know which problem of the day it was. It was, you know, probably something on the news, maybe even something within my own home, right? That felt big and heavy and scary. And I remember thinking like, I'm too small to make a difference. I don't have a voice. I don't have authority. I'm not sovereign. I'm property of my caregivers. And I'm too small. I can't make a difference in the world and I can't make a difference at home. I remember that like really strongly. And as I grew, as I evolved and changed and grew into a woman eventually, which didn't happen till I was about 30. I mean, it really, woman and mother happened 
simultaneously for me. I don't think that's a coincidence, but I started to realize that the only thing I could control or shift was right here, you know, heart, mind, body, soul, like this is it in this like bubble that we live in. And it's like the good news and the bad news. Like we got, (laughs) we really have to take a look within and figure out what holds us back, what makes us act like assholes, what, you know, when we're not at our finest, when we're radiating joy, when we have that feeling of like just pure bliss, right? So this self-discovery piece, that's how it started with me was self-discovery. What do I like? What are my needs? What are my wants? What are my wishes and my dreams, my desires? And, you know, my children, one of them in particular is what you would call a strong-willed child or a highly sensitive child or neurodivergent. For me, those are kind of all interwoven. They're kind of all interchangeable. And she gave me a run for my money. for lack of a better way to put it. And I realized, I mean, she was nine months old and she like wouldn't eat her like peas or kale or whatever I had in front of her, sweet potatoes or something. And I got so mad that I had this like, um, you know, she had this little like silver sippy cup and I was walking away like into the hallway and I like slammed the silver sippy cup into the wall and dented it. Like, and I'm like, I'm a monster. I just, I just slammed my nine month old child sippy cup into the wall and dented it. And I see it here. And it's like this, you know, one of these many moments where I'm like looking at myself going like, what are you doing? And how could that have gone better, Ryan? Like, how could you have done that better? And so it's these little moments that are seemingly insignificant. It's when someone cuts us off in traffic. It's when the neighbor, you know, says something that you don't agree with and you walk away with your family. What is it that you say about that neighbor? Who is it that you choose to be in that moment? What example are you showing for your kids? Because we all know at this point that the ripple effect is real. Like it's real. What we bring to the table is rippling out and it starts with us. And so when we can be present, calm, compassionate, still feel all the feelings. Don't get me wrong. We still feel it. We still have that want to dent the sippy cup moment, but we don't, we choose not to dent the sippy cup, right? We feel the feelings and we show our children. We show the kids in our community. We show our neighbors, our partners, our friends, how to be calm, loving, and present. And that just ripples out. And so, well, I had a a few thoughts. Um, I'll, I'll try to like separate them. The first was the word that came up for me in the beginning part of your story was the word trigger and um, how we react or respond when triggered. And then I, I heard surrounding that is that, you know, coming like learning how to be more patient and like, where was, where did that come from? I have a, I call her spicy. <laughs> I have a child who like, literally like it will be cold and she'll say it's hot just to say it's hot we call her like contrarian um I will have a little aside here that I had its teacher parent parent teacher conference the teacher does it with everybody and apparently 
this is she's a different human being <laughs> in school. <laughs> like the yes. teacher was shocked. I kind of made one of those probably not the best comments, you know, and like because your sister's this way and she's this way. And she's like, she's that way. <laughs> like, are you she and anyway, so apparently yep. <laughs> it's all saved. Um the the comforting thing I've always heard is it's saved for the ones that you feel safest with. So yay for that. Um but I recall feeling that I was always triggered and that came, came up in you telling the story. And I was listening to a podcast, um, Harmony in the Home, and it was just like, like crazy blinking lights for me that were like this human, first of all, nine months, what even now she's like seven, like, I feel like she's so old. <laughs> she certainly owns it. But um, still, seven-year-old child, she's not, even though it really seems like it, she is not there pushing my buttons. She's not there like, how can I do this thing for these results? There's not that type of like cognitive functioning yet. Yes, I understand that. But I do still relate to trigger as something is triggered within me. I am, I am trigger. Um, and it was an episode of Harmony in the Home where I realized one of the things that would have me throw a sippy cup, but in my own way, like, you know, raise my voice or, you know, do something that I would not like to react in such a way, but I, I do. And it was, um, the sibling rivalry. And I realized that I had been an only child. I feel like I had some negative experiences and consequences due to being an only child it was not I probably I would have chosen a sister if I you know I, I wanted what you know a, actually I wanted an older brother my whole life that was just like a little dream um but the trigger was like you've got each other like like why aren't you just playing <laughs> you you're the same like they're like 23 months apart I'm like you have a friend wow. in your house and so just that idea of the, like you said, the peace starting within you or the, you know, the life, <laughs> like your, your experience in life starting within you, but same with the triggers as well. So that's the first thing I, I heard in your story. And what do you feel about, well, and we'll keep it in the like parent, mental, emotional, like health and well-being. What do you feel about trigger the word trigger triggers yeah I think it's important to it's interesting because all these like therapy terms they're like so mainstream now everybody knows what trigger means which is great like it's great and like it's not you know something out there it's just it's one more opportunity for us to go inside and go where's this coming from because it's not just coincidental that my kid didn't want to eat her peas and kale and that I got mad. Like, it's not a coincidence. It's something that's deep buried within me subconsciously, most likely that made me have this reaction. So I think it's really important for us to start to become aware of them. And honestly, like, it's not, I'm a very much like, like, perfect kind of a person, like maybe perfectionism tendencies. If it, you know, if it's not going to be perfect, then why do it or why bother? And 
I think it's a good opportunity for me to, it's it, to realize that it's practice, like years of like lifelong practice. Like, it's not like, oh, okay, we finally know our triggers and now we're done. There's like layers to these things. So I think it's good. I think it's a good word to be mainstream. I think it's a good word to, you know, be aware of. And I like the word, I don't know if you've heard it, the word glimmer. It's like a nice little balance. Like we've got triggers and glimmers and we need both. And and that and that brings me to the second thought I had, though I remembered two other things that I get worked up about and it has nothing to do with them. And one is food related and because you said the peas um, and not wanting them to have food issues like I did as a child, you know, like, and then, but also not wanting them to eat blue food. And so that was one of them. And then I, one of the things that trigger like comes out, not as I would, would like is money, um, money talk. Um, and how to navigate that. But it's super weird with kids, though, because you can't buy everything. <laughs> like, they they just, you know, I don't want to, like, squash, because now I hear, like, how to repair your money mindset, because your parents said we can't afford this. But I'm like, but they really want, like, everything all the time. So <laughs> that's always yes, a tricky do. one. That <laughs> so, is. I love that. I'm, yeah, I don't want to tell them we can't afford this, but I'm just right. like, this was, and then we do talk budget and they're at an age where they can digest that. But I really don't want them to take on the like scarcity, but. Right. They- I, I noticed that we have this uh, pendulum thing. So like the issues that we had when we were kids were a lot of the times overcompensating for our kids not to have those issues. And So there's like this like equilibrium. There's like this neutral sweet spot where we can land. I love that you talked about money triggers. One time my sister was with us and we were out at a store and my daughter picked something up and my sister goes, well, that's just really expensive. And I go, no, 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 we don't use the word expensive. She goes, you don't use the word expensive. I'm like, I don't know. Like this is you know, beginning to unravel that money stuff. And she thought that was really funny and, and kind of crazy. And, you know, one thing I always go to is like, we don't buy everything every time we go somewhere, you know, acknowledge the want, acknowledge the desire for the thing. You really want that because da, 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 and we don't buy everything, you know, sometimes we go, but I'll keep it in mind. I've been saying lately, I'll keep it in mind. So my daughter just said the other day, you'll keep it in mind, right, mom? I'm like, I got it. Keeping it in mind. <laughs> totally stolen or I'll um, borrow I'll borrow yeah. that I'm like yeah. I'll take a picture for your birthday <laughs> yeah yeah but um so you did bring me back to like the second um thought was uh what we what we show and I saw something and it's someone I I don't I don't know if they listen to this podcast but it's someone I really do respect and like and they posted something about uh this wise old yogi and he was saying like don't let your um and I'm just really curious about your thoughts uh, on this don't let your children see frustration and um anger and disgust and all of that let them see joy let, and let them see joy and it, I'm before I even share like my response to it what do you um what do you hear when you 
like hear that little like clip and it and it sounded wise cuz again it was an older indian i don't know the exact like guru or teacher that it was but it was like only let them see joy and so what are your thoughts here's what's coming up for me with that is that i'm just going towards like the more human path that's possibly like a through line in everything i'm doing like Aside from like the help from AI, like in editing my podcast and like producing it, that has been like, okay, this is cool and unique and interesting and easier, but I'm going towards the more human in most everything I do in the education we choose and the way we raise our kids and the way we, you know, my husband and I have a relationship, like more human. And to me, the more human thing is seeing the full range of emotions. And then I do think that there's an element right now of spiritual bypassing, pretend like it doesn't exist. And that's what we've been doing already. And that's not working for anybody. Pretending like terror doesn't exist. I mean, and I'm not saying terror out there. I'm saying terror in here, like pretending that fear and anger and resentment, like pretending those things don't exist. It's just not real. And our kids, unfortunately, unfortunately, they're wiser than we are. And so they can feel and smell out a bullshitter. Like they feel the energy in the room. They're reading it. Uh, Many of the kids that are coming through right now are highly sensitive, very empathetic, and they know what's going on without any words being spoken out of your mind. So for me, my kids have seen me, you know, balled up on the floor. Like, I mean, and not, not all the time, you know, not like developmentally appropriate. Like I am so sad right now, or I am so frustrated right now. And for me, I think that that for them to see the full range of that emotion, because I know that they have the full range of emotion. And so for them to see, okay, mom's feeling this way. It's not killing her. She's safely expressing it to, to us. Right you know, I, I guess it's okay to feel this way. So that's, I mean, that's what comes up for me. Let them feel it all. Yeah. That was my first response. And I do apologize if I like took it (laughs) the wrong way, but I am, I think my first response was like a bit defensive, like, oh my gosh, my kids have seen me in all, in all ranges. But I just feel like when they have big feelings, if they see this, like, and and I will go, like, generationally, if they see this June Cleaver, like, always a smile, always a clean house, <laughs> um, and everything is just perfect, um, and we can let it roll off, um, then when they have big feelings, it might be perceived as something being wrong. So... I, I, whenever I like show a feeling, there's discussion again, if it's on a range that's like sadness or, you know, the, the tougher emotions we'll, we'll have conversation, but I feel like it'll let them know when those big feelings come, that, that it's a safe thing. And like you said that, you know, mom's okay. Um, Well, and if you think of where passion comes from, like you're passionate about this podcast. I'm passionate about my podcast. I'm passionate about spreading this message to the world. If you think about where passion comes from, 
it doesn't necessarily come from like the joyous and like blissful parts of our lives. Like I'm sitting here today talking about this because I have freaking struggled. And, you know, so to name that struggle, to get fuel from that struggle, I think is really important. So to show our kids like this injustice that happened really made you mad. Now feel that feeling let it go, whatever's not yours, and use it for fuel. Use it for grist for the mill and use it to to make what you want. Use it to to make a better world. I mean, I think that it's I think it's fire. I think it's all kind of fire. So I I think it's almost a if we could turn it into positive, we can. I love it. And so that brings us to your podcast. So I didn't realize that you had returned to your podcast until I heard the episode that was like, I'm returning. So where is your podcast at now? What is your kind of vision or intention? I hear the passionate message uh, messages that you want to get out there. Um, I love, I'm trying to find the one Um Maybe I have to look. Uh, it was something like what keeps me up at night. Was that an episode? Yes. I think that might have been the trailer. And okay, I was wrestling with like, what's keeping me up at night? Am I doing this for me or am I doing this for my kids? Like, are any of us out here doing what we're doing in the world for us or for our kids? Like, again, that pendulum swing that like, we want our kids to have it better than we had. We want to do a better job, you know? So like finding that equilibrium between those two things again. So that was when they got to me. And then the worst parts of parenting episode too. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have to get this woman into the, into this room, into this space. Right. Um, so I loved, I love that one. And then you do interviews as well. So yeah, where, where are you at with your podcast again? Um, raising wild hearts. Yeah. So raising wild hearts is a, it was always raising wild hearts. I started my podcast in 2018 under the original name of the happy mom show. And I wanted to bust this myth of happy that happy was like this rainbow and butterfly concept. And so I talked a lot about happiness being a long-term game, not a short-term game. So it's happiness is the ability to feel all those emotions, the entire range of emotions, and then still just be thriving in your life, right? And so I was kind of busting this myth. And I had a um, kind of an acquaintance and a colleague help me out with that name. And in the back of my mind, it was like raising wild hearts, raising wild hearts. I had already had the Instagram handle like I um, and something stopped me. And then so anyway, after I had my third child, I just. I, when I was pregnant and breastfeeding, I was just so focused on creation. Like, I don't know, our bodies are amazing. And all my creative energy was going to this little being. And so I took a huge, long sabbatical. I thought I was going to be back in a year. I had a baby and, you know, life happened. So when I came back, I was so clear of like, it's raising wild hearts. We're stopping generational trauma. We're the cycle breakers we're changing the world by starting at home. Like this is it. So yeah, I, you know, I say in one of the episodes, like I have no idea where we're going because I had to start. I had to start before I was ready. I wasn't really ready, but I had to just go like, I'm like, all right, go like record. We're going. 
And I was like, guys, I don't know where we're going, but we're going somewhere great. Like, I don't know what it is, but we're going to do it. And so I've really, what's filling me up right now is like the interview. So talking to people about parenting, we've talked about collaborative parenting, conscious parenting, gentle parenting, all the different names out there that is basically the same thing, all bundled up nice and cute into a great name. And so, yeah, that's what I'm passionate about right now. You know, I'd love to harness the power of my authenticity and my voice even more. Uh, There are things I want to talk about um, that feel really important. The things that are going on in the world, you know, it just, so I'm harnessing this like courage to really stand in my truth and make that be a game changer for people. I want to inspire and empower mothers to do it your way. Like not my way, like do it your way. I've always been like, and I'm a four Enneagram, which is the individualist. Like I'm a rebel at heart. I'm like, I like, I, you know, non-committal, whatever. I'm like, you can do it your way. Like if something doesn't feel good, shift it. If, if you don't like what the government is telling you, don't do it. If you don't like what your kid's school is teaching them, go in there. And and I'm not saying to like go in there with a pitchfork and a witch hat, but what I am saying is like go in there and say, hey, like how can I bring mindfulness classes to my kid's school? How can I bring a more holistic view of education? How can so it's to be an advocate in your own life for yourself first and then also for your kids and what they're learning and what they're exposed to. And again, that's, it all comes back to, this is how we change the world. Like get on your soapbox and, and do something about it in your own life and get the courage and, and empowerment and inspiration from me. Like I'm, I'm doing this thing. Like, let's all do it. Come along with me. I love it. So many things. I love um, starting before you're ready because I started this podcast in 2020 and it was just meditations and mindfulness tools because I say this in like a way that this is my, uh, this is my dharma or my path or my purpose, but I really could do that stuff, not in my sleep, but it's part of me. And I was so in my comfort zone and it was 2020 and it was, I was putting it out there and I was working actually where I still work, but I was facilitating yoga and mindfulness groups for mental health, like adolescents and young adults. So I was just like putting these meditations out there. And then my friend Todd, who owns Native Yoga, he's Native Yoga Toddcast. And he had me on an interview that I, I'd rather sit in this seat any day. <laughs> but um so, oh, so I like was so hot and sweaty the whole, like really hard, but I was also putting, putting stuff out there and wanted a different platform to share. So he gave me that opportunity, um, big honor, like to this day, I'm like, I want to interview someone. So reciprocally, he was my first interview and so goofy. I'll listen to the, the playbacks and I'm like, Hi, welcome to, I mean, I was just like, that's my voice. And, and in the beginning, um, I wasn't comfortable with like conversation. I would basically just let the person talk for like 45 minutes because I didn't know how to respond. And so definitely like jumping in before, and I, I'm still like in the way in like infant stage, I'm beyond newborn, but 
Um, so I definitely get like you're a toddler in. now. Yeah. <laughs> Hoppy, oh yeah. We're, t- we're I'm a toddler too. Be- before we're ready. I also yeah. love um, that the guests are the most exciting thing on your podcast and that you represent a lot of um, methodologies and parenting philosophies. Um, the one I listened to is the gentleman who talked about self-regulation, which like with the, I believe it was with breath work. Adam Hart. I believe so. But that was, yeah. I love, I love that episode. Yeah, me too. Um, and that again, you're into like inspiring and empowering others to do the same, but in their own way, <laughs> do the same, but do it their way. Um, so that, that is really exciting. And then just the not knowing where it's going, but it's going somewhere. Yeah. Super, like, super powerful. Um, are you still, so the business that I was getting the emails from, is that something that you are still working on the coaching, the support in that way? So here's what I'm really passionate about right now. That kind of fell off because in 2020, when my kids preschool closed down, they were attending a fabulous play-based preschool here locally in Delray, Sunflower Creative Arts. Shout out to Sunflower. We love you. Uh, And then they were also going to Montessori school. So their school shut down and I was like, oh, now what? And I was trying to like work from home and like get coaching clients a little bit. And I was like, I'm done. I just sometimes like, sometimes when things just need to fall away, you just need to like loosen the grip and let them fall. And so that's kind of what happened to the coaching biz. It's like, it just like, I loosened my grip very reluctantly and I just like, let it fall. I felt like I had done a lot of work, you know, up until that point, I had spent thousands of dollars on business coaching. I had, you know, hired, you know, like hired mentors. I was like posting on social media and trying to be this like digital creator. And so like to loosen my grip on letting that fall was challenging. What's interesting to me right now is this, obviously, um, it's spreading a message. It's creating a ripple effect. It's helping support parents in their homes be the best version of themselves because we want our kids to thrive. We want them to be happy. We want them to be successful, but it all starts with us, with our soul care. It's not even self-care anymore. It's soul care. So it starts here. And my newest, I I guess if you want to even call it a business venture, I'm like hesitant to even say that as I just started a class, a heart-centered leadership class for girls ages six to nine, 10-ish. And I had my first class yesterday. We had our first class yesterday. And it's one of the most exciting things I've ever done in my life. I mean, and this, so it's like all coming full circle. Had I not opened this college consulting company and, you know, dabbled in that and realized like, oh, this isn't for me. And this is why. And then dabbled with this, like, I'm a coach thing because like all these online coaches were coming out. I was like, oh, I want to do what she does. That looks fun. I could do that. Like, you know, had I not dabbled in that and then had I not let everything go and just gone like, you know what, I'm just going to be a mom for a little bit, then this wouldn't be here now. And so I'm taking this little opportunity, this little like glean of inspiration I got literally from the universe. One night I was like on the verge of like getting this like cold and I could feel myself kind of getting chills. And it was like 
a, a friend says it's expressing healing. It's not getting sick, sick. It's expressing healing. And so I was expressing healing one night and had just this like visceral reaction of like the download, like of this is the class. This is what it's all about. Before I knew it, I had two full pages of notes and I was like, I guess I'm putting this class on. Like, I, I guess I'm doing this and it wasn't forcing it. It wasn't pushing it. It just was like, here's this little, you know, gift. And this is what I'm meant to do right now. And so that's what I'm really excited about now. I am an entrepreneur at heart. I am a work for myself kind of a girl um, and always have been, even though I haven't always worked for myself. Um, so yeah, so that is going to evolve. I just had a parent right now before this call, we had a quick zoom, uh, because her daughter missed yesterday and she wanted to kind of get caught up and she goes, I know that we just started, but like, are you going to do another one? Everybody's going like, when's the next one? And we're only one weekend of this one. And so there's something here and it's big and still just little, like it's just local here in Palm beach County. Like, you know, nine girls just like getting together, talking about leadership, talking about their heart, talking about their dreams, their vision, realizing what it is to be grounded in this earth, realize it's called roots and blooms. So we talked about like our roots ground us to earth. Our blooms are the gifts that we have to share with ourselves and with others. And to learn that information at seven years old, like this is how we change the world seven-year-olds walking around knowing what their gifts are, knowing how to support themselves and ask for what they want and support the women around them and support the girls around them, stepping into when they get their cycles and knowing that that is a superpower, that we are synced with the moon. I mean, if like, if that's not a miracle, I don't know. I don't know what it is. So it's in a long answer. I'm very excited about what is to come in my business. And, you know, it will be Raising Wild Hearts LLC at some point. And we'll be, I'll be doing classes here locally. And yeah. <laughs> That's so beautiful and so needed, especially right now. Um, and that you shifted from parents to to the kiddos as well, because it is something that gets forgotten in motherhood or in parenting that these are like other, they're separate beings. They are actually not ours. Like I, I really have stopped saying like my, <laughs> my daughter, she is I'm not going to say her name on here, but like, this, <laughs> this is a child <laughs> that is a, a wild heart. <laughs> and the other one's actually been inspired to be a bit wilder in heart as well. But um, so that these young girls are treated as, as, as people, as whole, as whole beings. Um, I love that. And that the offering is for, for them. Right. Well, you know, I just had Cara Terrell. She's, uh, she's got a master's in education and she's a kind of a toddler expert ages zero through five, but we, she talks about a wide range of things. And she talked about like, again, our kids not being ours, like, individuating individuation is our whole gig as parents we're not here to like mold them into who we think we are we're not here to like mold them into star soccer players or gymnasts or a plus harvard bound kids we're here to just facilitate their coming into their own being that's it and while that is 
not a popular way to think about it because in our society, we want to, again, grip on, we want to collect people. They're ours. It's there. It's a special relationship. It's, you know, and I, it's, it's hard to shift that from, it's not our kids, like the kids that live in our home, it's our kids collectively in our community and in our state and in our country, you know, we can get bigger and bigger and bigger, but right now let's focus on the kids in our community. And that's another benefit of, you know, raising our children in this way is that they go out and ripple that into the community. You know, their, their peers then see a thriving, grounded, passionate kid and they go, Hey, how did that happen? So well, you should come in to our school, our school, <laughs> like uh, up here. Um, but is that a uh, part of the vision or is it more with your home, with the homeschool community? Oh yeah, it's absolutely part of the vision to get into schools too. And I just like kind of started where I was. I'm like, I have all these communities. I've been in the homeschool community for four years. I, you know, I know all these parents. I've met all these parents. I've interacted with all these parents. Let me start with, you know, all the people I know. And I did, and it still branched out to people I know who knew somebody else who knew somebody else. So there's this, you know, it's, it's really cool. So yes, the vision would be to go into schools, even to go into like dance studios and, you know, just yoga studios. Yeah, for sure. So people who are interested in learning more about, because this is just the, obviously it's just the beginning. And then the podcast is like not the beginning, it's toddlerhood. Um, how are people finding you? Um, obviously it will be in the show notes, but how do people get in touch with you, ask questions if they're interested in um, collaborating for podcasts? How do people find you? Thank you so much. So you can follow me on Instagram at Raising Wild Hearts. That's like kind of where I'm the most. I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit too. Those are the two places where I share the content from my podcast, um, raisingwildhearts.buzzsprout.com is where you can find the podcast. And please, if you're interested in it, hit subscribe, hit follow. It helps with the stats. It helps get you know, it in front of more mothers and more people who need to hear it. So, yeah. Love it. And then, so for our final question, you, um, I ask this question in honor of this podcast being de- dedicated to mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health and well-being. You called it soul care. Often the question is, what do you do to take care of yourself, self-care? What does your soul care look like? Mm. I have a sacred yoga practice. I've been practicing Kundalini yoga for six years now. Uh, That was one of the catalysts for me um, really awakening even more and more to who I am and what I came here to do. So that's a beautiful way that I take care of my soul. And, you know, each week the layers come off and sometimes, you know, it's, it's evolving. It's ever evolving. So that's the biggest thing. Um, I love baths. I love just like soaking in an Epsom salt bath. I get ideas I get healing I get like I just if you like just be with your body and like massage your body and like rub your hands and rub your feet like I just love that like you don't need to necessarily go to a massage to like have somebody else touch you like touch your own body like 
love on yourself, right? Those are two of the big ones. And then following my passions, following what interests me, lighting me up for a really long time. I poured everything into my kids. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Like pour, 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 like I'm, I'm going to be a martyr. I'm going to be the martyrist, the martiest martyr that ever martyred. Like I'm going to just, you know, and I'm so holy because I'm doing it. Like I had this kind of jaded perspective and then I slowly and quickly realized that that's not what's lighting me up. So following my passions and having my children watch me do that is like the added bonus, but like what lights me up? What lights you up? follow that just like the tiny breadcrumb and just keep going. And it doesn't have to lead to a business or a podcast. It may just lead to a journaling practice. It may lead to, you know, meeting a new community, writing a book and meeting a friend, like just the smallest breadcrumbs are the biggest self-care, soul care. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that as well. Again, I will piggyback on what Ryan said. Uh, If you had any takeaways from this podcast, let us know. Tag us anywhere. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, then we'll subscribe and a comment. Um, Apple Podcasts, the review. I think there's even some way to be interactive on Spotify now. It truly takes a small amount of time, but makes the biggest impact. Uh, It's also, besides like visibility, I want to know, I see people listening. I want to know who you are because <laughs> I, 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 I don't a lot of times. I'm like, wow, there are these people. So I would just love to connect and, and to know your takeaways from this episode. And as always, wishing you all peace, power, and presence.